It's just you and your friends. Just having a this, laugh about the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, this is what fanfic is about. You writing something, writing something fun for your friends. Yes, trying to make them bust bust out in front of the hot sub, <laughs> <laughs> and praying to God that he doesn't read it, but also really wanting him to read it. You're like, I want him to read this. What if I just hand this in for my written report? <laughs> what if this is my report for the Scarlet Letter? Welcome to Mind Pairing, the podcast about fan fiction. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. Okay, what? <laughs> tell me uh, about the journey that led you to whatever this fan oh. is. I've seen the title. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so your prompt for me was a fanfic based off of high uh, school literature. literature. <laughs> uh, required reading. Yes, um, for us, not for and, not yeah. for the youths. And so first, I like went on to like archive of our own mm-hmm. for my usual, just because I love their search function, and I tried to. I hated Lord of the Flies, so I was like, maybe someone can convince me Lord of the Flies is great. Or maybe it'll be two of the Probably guys not. kissing, or... That would be more fun. Right? And so I was like, maybe someone... On an island with just boys, no one tried kissing each other. Right. It's fake. We killed a pig, but nobody made out. Nobody tried kissing. Right. Come I'd, on. Come on. <laughs> uh, come on. No one blew each other. Really? Just, I... I even thought about it. I call bullshit. <laughs> That's not how society functions. No. This was written by a man. This right. was by that guy who wrote Fight Club. Right. God. <laughs> by Chuck Kolick or whatever. Yeah. His name is. <laughs> Writing under a name. He he wrote Lord Probably of the Flies. Before he was born or something. Yeah. yeah. He wrote Lord of the Flies, and then he was re- died, reincarnated, and wrote Fight Club. <laughs> He's just like, you know, this is what men are like. Obviously. And I, as a woman, was like, no. Where is the intrigue? Where is the sensuality? Where is the brush of a knuckle Where upon your repressed? lips? Where is your hormones making you go wild? Honestly. And then, yeah. <laughs> so that didn't work out. <laughs> so, no. Um, every, there Lord was no of, kissing. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. The Lord of the Flies uh, search. There was a lot of Lord of the Flies, things that were named Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. but then it was just sort of like an interesting title that didn't, yeah. and there was. I feel wa- like we run across that problem a lot. Yeah. And so I like did some other searching and then find like an archive under like classical literature and like was trying to pull like other things I read. And then I was like, okay, fuck it. I just need to Google search. Uh, like, and so I decided, I was like, you know what? Scarlet Letter. Let's look up Scarlet Letter fanfic. And this brought me to fanfiction.net. And... (laughs) and Why Scarlet Letter? (laughs) I don't know. Did it just pop up in your brain? I forgot about that one. It was not one of the ones I listed last week, but I I did actually read that. Yes, I was possessed by um, Nathaniel Hawthorne, I think. Mm. And he was like, you know what? You gotta read this. That's fair. And then I found this, and at first I was like, this is not what I was looking for. And then I started guffawing alone in my house. (laughs) And I was like, and reading reading aloud sections to my cat, because I just needed to hear what it sounded like out loud instead of... Just inside my head, because I was like, is this uh, what I think happened? Okay, okay, this actually makes sense, because, yeah. like, Scarlet Letter is one of those, in the same vein of, like, a lot of Shakespeare stuff, where, like, people kind of generally know the plot, and it gets put on other things. Like, yeah. Easy A is on Netflix right now. Yes, Very good movie. Is. I feel like there's been other, like, semi-adaptations. It's yes. referenced a lot in pul- in popular culture of, like, oh, yeah. the Scarlet Letter, where you have to wear an A for blah da 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 They said it in uh, How to Get Away with Murder, like, you'll, you'll have to wear a Scarlet Letter A for Annalise or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. This was written back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't... It ha- <laughs> The reviews are wild because it's... <laughs> this. What I'm about to read you is a troll fic. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And so all the reviews were, like, hilarious because, like, the reviews were, like, my PP is wood hard. <laughs> 
could not agree with that. Woodhard. Woodhard. And um, the title is Fifty Shades of Scarlet. It's by... <laughs> Why? Oh, God. I, we shouldn't do this. But, like, if... Oh, we should have done this for February. We should have done Fifty Shades February. We oh. only did Fifty Shades of fanfic oh. titles. Because we've done two now. We almost yeah, have done yeah, three because yeah. we had a... Uh, the secret episode of Bezos was Fifty Shades of Bezos that never oh, saw yeah, the light yeah, of yeah. day. Put that on the pin for next year or yeah. like another circle around. Time. Circle around. Yeah. <laughs> circle we'll find uh, Twilight July, Fifty Shades February. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's by Prada Mala. I couldn't get in touch with them, but it I'm. It was a while ago. It was a it was a while ago, and I will read you the little um, preview line. So Hawthorne only hinted at the sordid love affair between the young priest and the crooked-shouldered man. Within, we have revealed what happened between the lines. Wait, so who? So this is not so, the main character of so, Letter. Uh, so the slash mm-hmm. in this fic, yes, is Dimsdale. And what is his name? Chilling shit. Um, <laughs> Not what it is. No. Let me pull up my spark notes again. Dimsdale was a real person. Okay, so there's Roger Chillingworth, who is Hester Prynne's husband. Ah. So, recap of the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, because I only know the plot points. I don't yes. remember the names. Um, so, Hester Prynne, the Scarlet Woman. Main character. Her daughter is Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband is Roger Chillingworth. Okay. He sent Hester ahead of him to America, to the colonies, and he needed to, like, finish up some work in Europe. And so... And that's when she got pregnant? Yes. Ah. Is that he's away for... Um, forgot that there was, like... I forgot she had a husband. Yes. I just assumed she did. Yes. And eventually he... Eventually he... He, I, he must... Maybe he even follows shortly behind her. But he then is captured by Native Americans and, like... So that also affects the timeline <laughs> ah. of, like, his return. Um, and then, like, when he comes back to Boston... He come, he returns to Boston when Hester Prynne and Pearl are on the scaffold. And he's like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Like, what have I missed? But then he's like, I will disguise myself and I will... Like, I will find out who Hester's lover is and torment them. So this took multiple years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, I I and then Reverend Arthur Dimsdale is the hot priest. Ah. Hashtag, uh... Hot priest. Hot priest. <laughs> Hashtag, uh, scumbag. Oh, okay. Hashtag, um, what is the hot priest from? What? On Amazon. The show. I don't know. <laughs> Now I, now I have to Google it. And Josie is rolling over in her living grave. <laughs> Fleabag. Fleabag. What? First off, I don't add Fleabag is. to your list. Okay. Season one is fine. Season two is a gift from angels. <laughs> so um, Reverend Dimsdale is her hot priest. And so is he, he the father? He's the father of Pearl. Okay. Yeah. And so, yes, he, um, he strays sleeps with Pearl, Pearl happens. Not Pearl. <laughs> sleeps with Hester. <laughs> too Pearl Catholic. happens. Yes. Too Catholic. No, no. <laughs> Not getting into that. I strayed too far from God's light and into... What actual priests do? Yes. So... Gross. Okay. Yes. Anyway. So what's so, actually going on in this fic? It's the slash of Dimsdale, of the Dimsdale mayor, and, and the reverend. Uh, the pot priest and Hester's husband. Oh. Okay. Who disguises himself as a what doctor. What the fuck is this drink? <laughs> I this, saw you make it. It's made with bananas. Yes, it's called a dirty banana. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is it just a dick joke or is there a second reason? Um, Mostly the dick joke. 
I would say like um, 90% a dick joke. Because um, I saw you making it and I was like in my, I just basically saw Claire put a bunch of bananas in a blender and like saw almost none of the other ingredients. So I was like, what, what possible, what possible book could have bananas in it that I'm forgetting about? Um, Not the answer Scarlet is Letter. The answer is it's irrelevant. It's that I tried uh, to find, um, there's a drink called the Puritan Cocktail, but I was not about to drive out to the liquor store to find two teaspoons of yellow chartreuse. That's not, that's a color. That's not. No, it's a liqueur. <laughs> it's an, it's an herbal yellow liqueur and the internet. And every time I was like, why can I sub it for The internet was like, well, you can't sub green chartreuse. <laughs> and I was like, you so know, nothing. there was some other obscure liqueur that I was oh. like, you know, once the Patreon money starts rolling in, we can buy stupid shit like that. <laughs> right. Um, but yes. So what you have before you is a dirty banana. It is one, uh, one banana, two ounces rum, half an ounce Kahlua, and two ounces of milk. Why do you keep giving me milk? <laughs> because I want to poison you. Yes. I did think about that, that I was like, I should have gone out and gotten like... I just like, need to go bring you one of my rice milks. Like, yeah. <laughs> Next time I, I didn't think about it when I was grocery shopping earlier this week, is that I should just have on tap. It's very that flavor. <laughs> it's fine. I just, like, I haven't had a banana drink in a while. Mm-hmm. It's a very... It tastes like it should be a smoothie, but then there's just, like, a weird hint of... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I know there's a lot of rum in this. I'm sure there's more rum than, like, it tastes like. But it just tastes... Banana is so strong. Yes. Also, okay. I wanted just, like, a what-the-fuck drink, because, as you will see... This is a what-the-fuck. This is a lot. Olim. There was a girl named Pearl Prin. This is the story of her. Her mother, her father, and her father's gay lover. Who was also her father's husband. Also her mother's husband? There we go. It's that some of this, sometimes it gets so tangled, I had to be like, what the hell? What are, what are words? Yes. Anyway. Oh, and all of this happened in puritanical New England. <laughs> the following is her own written perspective on the events that transpired at this time. Oh, so it's a diary, like, yes. I think Scarlet Letter is. Yes. When I was a small child, my father started banging my mom's husband. Considering I was the product of him knocking up my mother, this would have caused a lot of controversy in town, because gay marriage hadn't been legalized. <laughs> what? No way. It, <laughs> It still isn't legal. Homosexuality is a sin, but it wasn't then either. It started on a cloudy day. I need to know how old this author is. This is really funny. I know. Um, I'm going to tell you, based on context of the story, I think at the time of writing, they were in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So they must be an adult now, but um, you'll see. Oh, I love it. There, you will also get the context and we can ponder their age <laughs> later. It started on a cloudy day in the beginning of spring. That wasn't very special, though. Every day is cloudy where I live. Abigail was a very beautiful girl of 19. Her hair was like golden satin, her body like a voluptuous voluptuous hourglass, her eyes like piercing aquamarine. It was no wonder that she caught the eye of John Proctor. It was a shameful union, to be sure. John was married, after all, with three sons. Wait, is Abigail the actual main character of Scarlet Letter? No, Hester Prince. I was gonna say Hester. I don't know. Okay, what's Abigail's going just on another here. person. Yeah, I don't. Okay, we're just at, we're throwing in characters. Is John Proctor from? Is this the Crucible? Yes, I think Abigail might also be from. Yeah, the Crucible. Yes, John. Wait, <laughs> wait. You know, there's a crossover. There's a crossover. The Crucible. Yeah, I think Abigail Proctor is. That sounds right. Yeah, Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> um, excuse me, ma'am. 
I'm reading. You know, I this so... This not tagged. <laughs> this was not tagged. You know what? It's so... They probably read The Crucible also, which... <laughs> Fair. You know, honestly, I did also confuse them it at times. It all blurs together. It's all just fucked. Anyway. It was a shameful union, to be sure. John was married, after all, with three sons, and his wife was a weak, sickly creature from bearing his children. He owed her to remain faithful, and yet he went and got laid by his hot servant girl. Yep, this is Crucible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Proctor, by the way, is not my father, nor my mother's husband. They came in, They come in later, with their sinful slash. <laughs> John was a farmer in Salem, which is but a few short miles from my hometown of Boston. He was an honest man, despite a bad habit of not thinking with his head, because whenever he saw Abby, all the blood flowed someplace other than his brain. He felt guilty about the affair, because he really did love his wife. Abby noticed this, and she took it for something deeper. Somebody having an affair with her lover, who was having an affair. What? You know what? It's not. (laughs) The beautiful whore paced her room for many an hour, plotting how to find the sinful woman banging her manly married lover. She only took breaks to babysit the three Proctor boys while the wife went out for her weekly bridge club and to make sweet, sweet love with John Proctor. (laughs) I was trying to figure out, yes, those two take place in similar time periods. (laughs) Oh, thank God. They were written in wildly different years, but... <laughs> okay, good. They both take place uh, in the mid-1600s, because I was like, are those even <sighs> the same time period? <laughs> History is a trip. So smart smart on this person for looking that up, because I <laughs> had to, to just be sure. Right. God. Ah. Finally, a stroke of realization slapped Abby in the face. She would place a curse on John, a curse that would cause his second lover to have a mark on her chest, the mark of a letter, the letter W, for whore. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately for Abby, when John went to Boston to sell his crops, it was not a girl whom he was hooking up with. It was a priest. Oh, no. A priest named Arthur Dimsdale, who happened to have recently impregnated a certain Hester Prynne. Oh, here's the link. Here we go. Tie in. Everyone's sleeping with each other. John had been drunk and remembered nothing more than a few shameful flashes. Feeling guiltier than ever, he rushed home to find that his wife knew about his affair with Abby. The rest of this of his story is history, but Arthur Dimsdale's story had only begun. Reverend Arthur Regis Dimsdale didn't know why he became a religious figure. In fact, all he thought about was booty. But I guess it worked out. Dimsdale promised to get people into good graces with God by getting into their pants. Truly uh, in the priest's uh, culture. Right. Tracks. This was surprisingly effective. By telling people that they could be welcomed into heaven, he was able to get many beautiful men and women. John Proctor was one of many. Soon, however, a certain Hester Prynne caught Wait, his eye. he also promised this to the men? Yes. <laughs> I mean, fair, that is, that is also uh, in the canon of priests. He's an equal opportunity uh, pansexual, pansexual priest. You know, as you do. I feel like the question would come up more readily to be like, oh, you want to get in my pants to go to heaven? Isn't homosexuality also a sin? Question mark. This is a double negative. <laughs> if, you ha- if, you have, uh, if you have sex with your priest, it, it cancels doesn't count out. as gay. It doesn't count as gay. It's like that gay. one cult that was like, oh, you can have sex with Jesus if you also pretend to be a woman. Yes! <laughs> We're all the bride of Jesus. Yes, I rem- even the men. <laughs> I remember reading that and being like... But what? <laughs> what? I was like, really, it would have just been easier to be like, as long as you double down, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes it's just easier to be like, you know, be, why is it so hard to be like, it's fine to be gay for Jesus? Just no, you have to also be trans for Jesus. <laughs> trans for Jesus. All right. It all makes sense. Now. I think this is the I think this is the family. If anyone wants to know what this is. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a wild ride. 
Soon, however, a certain Hester Prynne caught his eye, with her voluptuous body and vacant stare and unattainable Ooh. status as a married woman. Hester was a prize worth winning. Dimsdale set about wooing Hester with pickup lines, such as, Good thing we're Puritans, because I'd lie tangent to that pure body. <laughs> I spent too long trying to see if this was a Puritan pickup line. I think it's a geometry pickup line. I also think it's a geometry pickup line. But and like, <laughs> Puritans, pure body, I don't... It's not... Puritan! Tangent. Tangent to that. That's gotta be it. Wow. This author is too intellectual for me. Smarter than we are. Hester, giggling sweetly, replied, My husband is dead, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And with a sprightly (laughs) leap, joined him in the sin of lust. Since Puritans don't didn't know, so what, it was barely adultery because like they were not married, but like yes. that's that's on the scale of adultery. I thought she was an unmarried woman. Yeah, which is worse. I also forgot. Uh, this is why I had to Google all this shit. Spark notes. Thank you, Spark notes. You helped me then. You helped me now. Good. But yes, I had to like Google all this because I was like, I was like, Hester was married. I thought it was because she was an unwed mother, and it right. was like, oh no, she was a married mother. No, that's just how it's been interpreted in the present. Oh, yes, yes. And it was more that everyone knew it was scandalous because they're like, you're married, but your husband isn't here. And he's been... must have committed it. Yeah, they're like, he's been gone for two years. Where did this babe... Oh, it's that I do kind of remember. It's that the timeline like almost could have worked, but it was still sketch. Yeah. Since Puritans didn't know what birth control was, it was inevitable that Hesper Hesper would get preggers. I think this is written from the perspective of uh, Pearl Pearl? in like the present, like in the present day. (laughs) Oh... You don't even know. Oh, let's go. Keep keep it up. (laughs) So she went to jail, never having time to ask what the A on Dimsdale's chest stood for. The A stood for whore. What? (laughs) Autocorrect had messed up Abigail's spell. You see, autocorrect was in the really early stages back then, and it had a few bugs, including one named Gregor. One can blame Gutenberg for making a faulty autocorrect for the printing press. The A stood for whore, Grace. Ah, whore. <laughs> ah, ah, whore. Hey, whore. <laughs> yep. But anyway, Dimsdale felt guilty about the entire thing. He hadn't realized one could get pregnant if they weren't married, and that little baby would reveal to the world that he wasn't being a very good priest. So he decided to kill her, right then and there on the scaffolding. He was formulating his plan when fellow reverend, what's his name, asked for his opinion on the matter and tried to find out Hester's lover. Who was actually him? Don't you dare tell a thing, you filthy slut, Dimsdale thought. Of course he didn't have telepathy, so Hester didn't hear his thoughts, but she didn't tell, probably out of some misplaced belief in their monogamy. When he walked by, Pearl reached for him, and he couldn't kill Hester or me because the entire town was watching. He could say (laughs) God told him to, and most people would believe him, but that the new guy had a shifty look about his crooked shoulder, and the Indians didn't believe in God. But it was too late, and Hester was brought back to the prison. Thus, Dimsdale returned to his hometown in solitude, alone, by himself. He yearned for human companionship, his thoughts returning to the intriguingly barbaric Indian who had appeared at Hester the Harlot's punishment on the scaffolding. He also thought about some essay by Jonathan Swift he had recently read called A Modest Proposal, (laughs) (laughs) and reflected on how much easier and fulfilling it could be if he could merely consume Hester's child. This is really hidden all of the high school stuff. (laughs) Right? And this is part of the reason why I was like, I gotta bring this. That's really funny. I remember reading A Modest... You've talked about it at least twice on the podcast. Yeah. It's... Because I was scarred. I know. 
<laughs> I was scarred. I don't. I didn't read it. I don't know if other people in high school had to read it, but like I get it because it's like it's historical my satire, which is like yeah. hard to pinpoint. And my English teacher just gave it to us without. She was like, "Okay, let's all read it." Like because, one does. <laughs> and she was trying to pull a fast one. Yes, because she wanted us to. Wait, read. what teacher was this? <laughs> no, this was not the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's um, it's that uh, she was like. I'm going to make them read it and not tell them it's satire because she thought that would be funny to like be like, and it's all a joke. Um, and so we're all reading this horrified. And the one asshole in our class is mm-hmm, laughing, mm-hmm. Yes. guffawing. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, you told me this. yeah. And I was like, in any good society, one must remove the members that do not serve us. And he is laughing about the consumption of children and thus I must shoot him. So he must be the child that we all eat. Yes. Back to Lord of the Flies. Right. <laughs> exactly. Lord of the <laughs> dies. He would be the first one to die on this island. He could merely consume Hester's child, perhaps in a balsamic glaze. Oh my god. (laughs) Delicious. Back to the heathen, Chillingworth. The man who was with the Indians, he knew that Hester the harlot was his wife, and he was kind of ticked that she was cheating on him. So he decided to keep it a secret and become Dimsdale's doctor, because the sickly priest had the most beautiful booty of all the priests in Puritan colonies. As he walked towards Dimsdale's place of residence, he saw the priest in the window and he called out, The good lord don't make booty dat fine, brother. Oh my god. Dimsdale. Was she there? Why is she quoting what he said exactly? I don't know. Pearl is an omniscient narrator. It's fair. Um, very similar to uh, Jane the Virgin. Um, Dimsdale blushed and thought Chillingsworth was a haughty McHotterson, and so he twerked at him through the window. <laughs> Possessed with a sudden primal urge, Chillingsworth burst through the door and ran up the stairs. Swiggity swooty, I'm coming for that booty, he called as he ran. <laughs> Dimsdale panicked. He was not used to men being so aggressive in the first move, but he was intrigued by the... So aggressive. Swiggity swooty. I'm coming for that booty. But he was intrigued by by the chiseled jaw and bangable asymmetry of his hot bod. Oh, because he's got slanted shoulder or crooked or whatever. scoliosis. Yep. It's hot. (laughs) So he merely acted coy and twerked a little more before giggling and rushing off to his bedroom. Chillingworth followed, and when they got to the bedroom, Dimsdale was gone. Oh, no. Using the skills he had learned as a performer in Vegas, <laughs> Dimsdale emerged in seconds <laughs> wait, in lingerie. Wait, 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 what? Read that one more time. Using the skills he learned as a performer in Vegas, which doesn't exist as we know it today. But he isn't Dimsdale, the yes. one who just ran up the stairs, The, the right? hot priest. Who, di- who disappeared. The hot priest. Oh, yes, okay. Learned, magic, of course. Yes, he learned these skills as a performer in Vegas, emerged in seconds in lingerie. Chillingsworth marveled at the smooth, pale man, his long limbs, his lithe body. The heaven's eyes fell upon the red letter upon Dimsdale's chest. Does that A stand for whore? <laughs> Chimsdale, Chillingsworth asked. <laughs> you bet, flirted Dimsdale, gathering Chilling, Chillingsworth in an embrace and initiating a deep kiss. And so their story begins. <laughs> At first, it was a bootyful relationship. The two new lovers took many a long walk on the beach at sunset, and then spent the night kissing kissable lips and twerking mm-hmm. twerkable booties. They... <laughs> Why? Because they're in love, Grace. I know. This is what love is. <laughs> they wrote poetry to each other and healed each other's ailments and soothed each other's angst. All heart-wrenchingly fluffy stories that can, can be found in their respective diaries. Hester had become a pariah on the outskirts of town, left to her sewing and raising of her delinquent child, and so the two men were free to put the whore out of mind and focus solely on each other. For five years, the heathen and the priest lived in harmony, but everything changed when the Hester Prynne attacked. 
<laughs> I was five at the time. That's Avatar. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's, I mean, it is high school. Name also, but... that fandom. Hey, that one's Avatar. <laughs> oh, man. I was five at the time, and to this day, I remember that first meeting with my father and his lover, my mother's husband. My mother had been doing her best to retain her status as an outcast. <laughs> she hated people, you see, for not allowing her to be a sexually liberated ultimate terpiterder, a slut. A terpiterder? Terpiterder. Ter <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to say hot potato. Terpitude means vile. <laughs> Tupiterder. I, I don't think tupiterder is a real word. We can't know that. It's used now. <laughs> and so, but that acronym translates to slut. What a, what a good SAT word. Like she dreamt of being and was doing a good job at. My existence is testament to her skill level. Are you a good slut or a bad slut if you get pregnant the first time? Both. Mm. <laughs> I was a nasty little child due to my unfortunate upbringing, being both spoiled and shunned at the same time. Mm. So I had no problem with pretending mum hadn't taught me any parts of our religion when the grandfatherly priest began to quiz me. But the story isn't about me. My mother's husband, known only to me as the scary man who gives me the chills, was someone to be avoided, and I always felt safe around Dimsdale, probably because he wasn't wearing the pants in the relationship. But once again, this is not about me, but about the convoluted relationship relations of my forebearers. It was another rainy day in Boston. No surprise there. The rain poured down like the sky was peeing. I was soaked in dirty sky pee. It really sucked. <laughs> However... The rain glistened on Chillingsworth's chiseled body and crooked shoulder, attracting Dimsdale's per Dimsdale particularly on this day. Dirty sky pee. <laughs> it really sucked. Really sucked. If, if the rain made Chillingsworth look hot, it made Dimsdale look like the burning clouds of ash and gas pouring out of Mount Vesuvius to fry the innocent town of towns of Pompeii and Herculeum, and also the not-so-innocent brothels within them, and Pliny's uncle. We don't talk about him in civilized company. And now for a break for a conversation between everyone with access to our document. What? Yo. Wait, what? There's just a break that must be what's happening in the middle of class, and I'm going to read it I was going to say, were there more authors of this? Unclear. Yo, Arthur 1. Yo, Author 2. Why do butterflies like bright colors? I need to know. Flowers. They're easily noticeable. Gracias, Mia Amar. <laughs> Friend 1. It's supposed to be... It's spelled... Yes. Maybe it's Latin? Mm-hmm. It probably says thank you, my love. I don't know. It do it's not in real Spanish. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, it's a mess. Friend 1. Sheer 2 yo. Sup. Friend 1. Guess who's subbing for my class? Hot teacher's name censured for privacy. Oh my glob. Did you touch his face? <laughs> no, he touched mine. Someone left a binder where we were sitting and he hit my head with his book and was like, yo, that your binder? And I think we had a moment and I'm so pr I am so proud of you. Never delete any of this, friend one. Friend two, just shut off my computer and told me to pay attention to her and I turned it back on. You mean the monitor? How much more do you have to do on the project? Oh my god, he's talking to friend three. Ah, he's right here watching. Friend three, play video games. Ah ha 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 ha. Did you ask? <laughs> did he ask people for a book? No, he got bored though, so he's watching friend three play games. Chillingworth, Dimsdale. No, if he's bored, show him Fifty Shades of Scarlet. And this conversation. Oh my god. <laughs> ah, you're beautiful. He just picked up a book from the history. Wait, wasn't there a thing where I'm trying to? I'm 
flip, I had a repressed memory from high school. I think there was a way that you, so you know how you all had like individual logins? Yes. So on any computer you could like find your documents or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. If you logged into a friend's document, you could have a conversation on the same document because you could both be yeah. logged in. Yeah. I remember this. Yes. Yeah, yes, this yes. is like a repressed memory. I bet right. that's what's happening. No, no. I think that is what's happening. <laughs> Ugh. He just picked up a book from the history section of the shelf and put it back. Now he's looking at Gov and politics and what a marvelous learned man. Now he's reading it. Ask him about his bathroom habits. (laughs) Oh, girl, that's a pickup line if there ever was one. Excuse me, sir. I was wondering whether you were a morning pooper or a night pooper. Does he go several times a day? I bet he's real regular. Regularity is a sign of strong genetics. Hi, author two. It's friend four. Every sad face. Everyone is reading this. Hello, friend four. Everyone but me is in that class, right? Because you gave up doing work. Stalled Danas 25. The feminine is Danana. Two, three, poop. <laughs> they, they have broken me. Author two. Her soft lady parts. These are hard to read because there's numbers interspersed, but I'm just giving it to you. Her soft lady parts caressed by... Friend with nice butts, strong but gentle hands. <laughs> I help. I is trapped in my own insanity. Uh, quiz G in the house. Hot teacher's name censured for privacy. Is hot. Potty six six nine. Ayo girl was Gucci. Hottie McThotty. Fifty Shades <laughs> of Milken Avenue. Author two X. Hot teacher's name censored for privacy. OTP. <laughs> now back from the break. <laughs> Such nonsense. (laughs) The joy of fandom. Oh, God. Just doing something to delight yourself with your friends. (laughs) Writing a fanfiction about the book you read in class Mm -hmm. in class. Right? Trying not to get caught by the teacher. Hottie McThotterthin. Now, back from the break. The rain glistened over Dimsdale's beautiful face. A face carved by the angles of his religion. Probably supposed to be angels, but maybe they're into geometry. (laughs) By the angles of his religion. A face envied by the likes of the gods, David Tennant and Benedict Cumberbatch and Leonardo DiCaprio combined. Hot. 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 Chillingsworth saw this perfection, his ultimate version of of a man, glistening in the rain, his clothes wet and clinging to his emaciated, sickly body. He could not contain himself. And then, lo, Dimsdale began to twerk and pop that booty, and Chillingworth fainted dead away from the glare of the pale torchlight glistening on that poppin', on that poppin' twerkin' booty that was soaked in rainwater. I, being a young girl with no knowledge of such twerking, was enthralled by the motion of his butt. Up and down, up and down. Girl, you know what's happening. Round of applause, keep that booty clappin', nah mean? The girls were lacking what Dimsdale was packin', and he got them embarrassed by what he got from his parents. His... <laughs> I'm like 90% sure that's a rap. And, yes, it is. <laughs> and I just can't I just can't place which one it is. I know yeah, I've I heard it. Yes, right. I know. I'm sorry, dear listener. If you're screaming, of course <laughs> that's ass on the wall or Wait, well, let me read it again. I bet I can think of it. Um uh, up and down, up and down. Girl, you know what's happening. Round of applause. Keep that booty clamping. Now, I mean, the girls were lacking what Dimsdale was packing. He got them embarrassed by what he got from his parents. No, I'm thinking of a different one. I know, right? Uh, okay, well, I don't even know. keep it going. Right? <laughs> not important. No, it's not. I like pop music. I do like rap, but I'm less versed in being able to name the songs. Chillingworth was lying on the ground, his nose filling with sky pee. Dimsdale... <laughs> 
Love a callback. Dimsdale noticed this and ceased his booty popping in order to rush to his aid. He sucked out the rain with his mouth to clear his passageway. <laughs> How did he? he sucked How... the rain, the sn- guy pee, out of his nose. Oh, was... What is there to ask? <laughs> then revived him with some pungent graveyard herbs. See, they sat there for a moment, Dimsdale gazing into Chillingsworth's eyes. Considering how close to death Chillingsworth could have been, you know, like, from water in his lungs and stuff, Dimsdale realized how much old Roger Chilly Billy meant to him. In fact, anyone other than Chillingsworth would have been drowned anyway. Want to hear a joke? (laughs) How did Dimsdale save the prostitute from drowning? He took his foot off the back of her head. Ha, ha, ha. a murder joke. Ah, I hope you enjoyed that joke. (laughs) Now, more of the story. Dimsdale dragged the half-drowned Chillingworth back to his house. Chillingworth was shivering because he was chilly. Get it? And so Dimsdale got a blanket hand-knitted by Vikings to throw over the crooked shoulders of the heathen doctor. Uh, Chillingworth's teeth chattered, uh, chattered a little, but he managed to say, Why, thank you. I love you. They both gasped. The L word! Was that okay to say this early in the relationship? Never had gotten this far before. Dimsdale, due to not being allowed the more animal aspects of life, due to devoting his life to his religion and whatnot, generally avoided getting this far in a relationship. On Chillingsworth's end, he didn't get very far in relationships because nobody liked him. (laughs) They stared at each other. Dimsdale's eyes glittered like orbs in the firelight of the fire he had conveniently built before Chillingsworth had blurted out the L word. Chillingsworth's face was cast in shadows, perhaps alluding to the more hellish aspects of his psyche. It was warm in the room, and stuff was super romantic and full of sexual tensions. It was pretty intense, and so tensiony that when I learned of it, I literally fainted tons of days because my ovaries expl- exploded from the fluffiness. Chillingsworth was terrified. What if Dimsdale didn't accept his proclamation of love? But then, Dimsdale took a deep breath. There was only one way he could remedy the situation. He turned around, sighed sadly, and walked away. What? Tears filled Chillingsworth's eyes and spilled over, diamonds dripping over the shadowy ridges of his face. But Dimsdale wasn't headed towards the door. As he got closer to the wall, he slowed down, grabbed the wall. Wiggle like you want to make your Dimsdale's ass fall off. That one I know. <laughs> right? Slow down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wiggle like you want to make your ass fall off. Okay. <laughs> Chillingsworth laughed and clapped deli- uh, delightedly. But what both lovers forgot was the giant pot of bean chili they had shared before the whole drowning incident. No, 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 no. It had no, been no. a huge pot, all spicy and delicious no. and almost as hot as their love. Maybe this is why I put the milk in there, to add this element <laughs> to the you. element of me shitting. Yes, I want to make sure there's the digestive aspect still in there. spicy milk for me to exactly. replicate this just, experience. You're welcome. I want you to feel... I'm going to give you spicy milk one day, just to be like, this is what it's like... <laughs> Just gonna make you a cocktail that is milk and cayenne pepper and be like, this is the thick pairing. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what else is in there? Absinthe. Good luck. <laughs> whatever you, whatever makes you shit yourself. I'm trying to think of what that is. It'll, it'll occur to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's not alcohol- cheese, surprisingly. But what the lovers forgot was the giant pot of bean chili they had shared before the whole drowning incident. It'd been a huge pot, all spicy and delicious and almost as hot as their love. But it wasn't sitting right with Dimsdale's fragile digestive system. It was sitting somewhere in his large intestine, getting eaten by bacteria that were pooping out methane gas with every be- with every beanie bite. And this shaking up and down motion, <laughs> this wiggling and twerking and hopping, was shaking up that gas like coke and menthos. Men- mentos. There was only so much pressure that poor little butthole could hold. It was like Vesuvius and Mount St. Helens and all of the explosive volcanoes combined. Chillingsworth gasped, his lungs weakened from almost drowning, and promptly passed out. 
burn his nipples. Dimsdale wailed in horror at what he had allowed to happen. The methane in the room spontaneously combusted. Oh my god. And suddenly there was a raging inferno of fart gas, and Chillingworth was unconscious. Dimsdale grabbed his face in his hands and sobbed. Oh why, cruel world, did my gas pedal shift <laughs> down so much? Did my gas pedal shift? <laughs> oh god, that's really how you... <laughs> gas pedal. <laughs> gas pedal? How did I not put those two things together? It's a butt. I also never put it together oh, until this really moment. Funny. The things you learn from fanfic. Thank you. Who was the other again? Thank you, other. <laughs> from people who, at the time of writing, are younger than you are now. Oh, that's really funny. Oh. Good stuff. Okay, continue. And this is why I tell everyone you should all read fanfic. You never know what you'll so learn. So good. Gas pedal. There's only one way to fix this dreadful, gassy situation, and luckily, Dimsdale, being a priest and stuff, knew how to fix some situations for this man, for his man, JC. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Dimsdale pulled out his iPhone 6. Early model, you know? That's, that's, a, that's a more modern phone than I have. <laughs> that's a real, I feel like that's a personal read. <laughs> Feeling 1649. It was a good old roast for better, six years later. Better iPhones than me. <laughs> they're saying your phone is older than Puritans. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> what, not a, a, what a roast. <laughs> Viciously pressed the YouTube app until it opened up and <laughs> frantically searched his and Chillingsworth's song for their song on YouTube. It the was, YouTube. On the YouTube. <laughs> it was everything a song should be. Romantic. Touching. Sexy. Beautiful song that had ever Ooh. been introduced into the earthly, into this earthly, earth, earthly, earthy planet. Baby got back. So close. Ah, okay, but I'll no. Wait for it. Uh, that was a good guess, though. <laughs> that song was everything. It symbolized Chillingsworth and Dimsdale relationship. Down. I want you Bootylicious. to s- scroll back to 2014. Still bootylicious. Still, <laughs> still, baby got still, back. Still, well, I, I could not tell you what was on the radio in twenty fourteen right. off the top of my head. That had to do with butts. Oh, it's it's good. Is it good. Anaconda? That would have been good, but no. Mm, I don't know what year that came out. No, okay. continue, no, 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 continue. No, no. It's That's my you, guesses. Honestly, I didn't guess it either. So <laughs> it's you'll you'll find. I'm ready. It symbolized Chillingworth <laughs> and Dale's relationship down to the T. Just thinking about the song made Dinsdale's knees quake and his teeth chattered together in excitement. He turned up the volume on his iPhone until it was all the way turned up so the song could blast and fill the entire methane-filled room. And then he pressed play. And the song started. And Dimsdale got all teared up and stuff because it was such an emotional song and time for him, you know? And then he got jiggy with it, just at the first beautiful soulful worlds of the song when the actual song part started. Resin- <laughs> Resonated through the speaker of the phone, and Dimsdale sang along. What you know? What you do with that big fat butt? Wiggle, 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 and wiggle. He did. How will that help the situation? Isn't that what got us in this mess in the first place? I don't understand the logic of this thing. I agree. A little hair of the dog, you know. If the farts got you in, the farts will get you out. The twerking will not betray you again. Double negatives, like Double, we were talking yeah. about before. Exactly. Everything comes full circle. Dimsdale got right up against the wall and wiggled his butt and twerked until he thought that his butt was going to fall right off his body and run away and join all the other butts that had left their now buttless humans. <laughs> and lo and behold... He's gonna lose his ass! No! He's gonna lose his ass! What? It was such a sacrifice for true love. 
and lo and behold, their romantic song and body rock and booty shake and earthquake and moves raise the roof so that the dirty sky pea could enter the room and quench the fire and wake Chillingworth from his smelly state of unconsciousness. Chillingworth blinked. Patty cake, patty cake. With, with no, no hands. hands. Everything was so strange, foggy and ghost-like in the steam rising from the fire. There had been a fire. I thought this was going to be a song pick. Got me in the club making wedding plays. <laughs> How, I didn't want to ruin it for you. How could I tell you what was going to happen? Uh, Slowly, he shook his head, gripping the blanket that was covering his body. It was a classic Viking weave, something that Hester Slut had made her own, with her own hands, those beautiful hands that had once held him, but now held somebody else. If I take pictures while you do your dance... Why was this blanket covering him? Had Esther returned? The idea felt a strain, left a strange taste in his mouth. He loved her, yes, but she was a whore, and had gotten preggers by some other man, and that was unforgivable. If only she had just told him who the father was. I can make you famous on Instagram. I can make you famous on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> it's a rap. I, yeah. <laughs> it's that I want it to be romantic. Oh, of course. Yeah, but you you're slow right. it down. But you're right. This, so. is, a, this is the ballad version this of This is the ballad of version wiggle, of Wiggle Wiggle. 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 <laughs> Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. But lo! Roger was ripped from his tragic musings by the sight of something. The image blurred incomprehensibly by the steam. Hot, damn it! Slowly, he pulled himself to his feet, all joints crackling, crackling like a bonfire. The smoke swirled around him like ethereal angels. Oh, I forgot the th I forgot there was fire. <laughs> right? We all forgot there was fire. I thought fire. It was a bunch of gas. I thought I forgot it combusted. Your booty like two planets. <laughs> this is a lyric. <laughs> he said it like he just shouted it into the room of fire. It was like two planets through the mist, white as snow white skin, with a dark cavern between the two pearl-shaped orbs. Mm -hmm. Up and down it popped. Up and down. Go ahead, Roger moved forward, closer, closer, reaching out a hand. Go ham sandwich. <laughs> That's it. He couldn't stand it because Dimsdale knew what to do with that big fat butt. The, dis <laughs> the distance teased him. Dead ass, seemingly within his reach, but so far away. <laughs> it was like a Miley Cyrus concert, but with unabashed twerking and a giant... With unabashed twerking and a giant fog machine, except Dimsdale's butt looked less like two pancakes attacking each other, <laughs> and, more, and more like a butt. <laughs> less like two pancakes and more like a butt. <laughs> except especially round and nice. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Page break for reasons unknown because transitions are against my religion. End. That's the end. Nothing happened to this fiction. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> it was just like 500 inside jokes about English lit in like oh, high school. My god. And no, I I was gonna say the, the uh, break for conversation like was strange, but like it added a lot of context to the fact that like this was clearly being written like during like during class. Yes. And other people were watching her write it. Yes. <laughs> So she was writing like dat booty and then like looking around and like waiting for her friends and to laugh and then continuing dat on. booty. The A stands for whore. It's autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny. Right? Good find. What a uh, 
But yes, and here, I'll share some of the reviews I was going to say, like, tell me the reviews or the tags or something. But... What, what the actual fuck? Really good. What a great story. 10 out of 10. My pee-pee hard. <laughs> Be- best story, N.A. Ne- better than Scarlet Letter itself. <laughs> Worth every minute of the read. Would recommend to all my close friends and my lit teacher who will hopefully replace the Scarlet Letter with this fanfic <laughs> next year. Would nominate for Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Six million, million out of ten. ten. I nut to this every night. <laughs> Masterpiece. You are a deity. Thank you so much for writing this. This is incredible. Sweet Jesus. This is beautiful. Holy shit. This is beautiful. This is the greatest thing I ever read. I was like crying laughing. I've been waiting over a year for a Chillingdale fanfic. And this is better than I ever thought it would be. Bless your soul and your booty. Dear uh, author. Priest? Dimsdale wasn't a priest. Calvin and Stone have priests. <laughs> I have the last review. It was actually the very first review. <laughs> okay, at least people who appreciated it ended up coming to find it. Right. Oh. Okay, Claire. So, I don't know how I could ever top this fan fiction. So, what would you like me to bring you next week? So, Grace. After, <laughs> after... So, since we were just talking about classical literature. Yes. And the fanfics that have sprung from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had conversations about uh, vintage fanfic. So, which I would deem a different type of classical literature. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about like... To this very specific genre. Right. It's that humans have written fanfic for a really long time. And so I've always been curious about like, before the internet, when they had mm. like fanzines and stuff, and you would like submit your like Beatles fanfic or like <laughs> Star Trek fanfic. It's like, I want to know what it's like. I want to, like, is it as Back gay? Back in the day. Is it as gay? Is it not? Is it, like, more cutscene-y? Like, I'm just so mm. curious of, like, is it the same as it is now? Radically different? Mm, Interessante. So, I want you to see if you can find any of that. Okay, that some, vintage. like, real, like, peak, not even peak, like, pre-anyone who is writing fic right now. Yes. <laughs> you know? Times. Anything that is, like, before I understood the internet uh, were fanfic, and we can say I didn't understand fanfic. <laughs> we at, can like, become two... real historians of the fic. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, I will see where that takes me. Cool. Okay. Sound... What an exciting adventure. And then also, in theory, next week is our last regular episode, and then we will have, as with last season, our two-part finale, where we'll have our fic recommendations from listeners who have sent in various things over all of our DMs and our email, and then a final episode of our, uh, not personal, what's the word? Oh, yes. um, Things we wrote. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We will write our, we will write our own original fanfic for submissions that have been submitted by fans who have left us five-star reviews. Yes, so that'll be very exciting. So... Three more weeks of season three. Good stuff. All right. Well, if you would like to contribute to that five-star review uh, pile, please do that on Apple Podcasts, as well as following us on Spotify, if that is where you listen. If you do send us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can include what you would like in your 500-word fanfiction, which me or Clara will write for you, and we will be able to get those in before three weeks from now. Yep, you can also uh, send us that screenshot of your five-star review to our email at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out up to us via DM on Fine Pairings Podcast on Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok, 
or on Twitter at FindPairingsPod. And if you want to listen to us more, or if you would like to listen to us while we are on hiatus, you can join the Patreon, Ooh. which updates uh, twice a month, and it is a fully 18-plus uh, version of this podcast where we also sit in a coffee shop and pretend like we're doing a poetry reading. Yes, and we read the, <laughs> we read the things that are a little too X-rated for the... A little uh, too ma- X-rated is <laughs> giving it... Uh, oh, a mild rating. <laughs> we read some pretty explicit we, shit. If you were to if you were to search on the explicit mature tag, this is what you would find. <laughs> this is what you would find. Uh, and make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash fine pairings podcast. Since we are an 18 plus Patreon, you cannot search for us in the search bar. Uh, so make sure you go directly to that link and then click. It's linked the, in the show notes and yes. in many other places. Yes, so. it's linked lots of places. Uh, click yes, you're 18. So long as you are 18. Or catch me if you can and don't tell me. Yeah, we don't want to know. Don't we don't want to know. I, we're going to assume you're a team. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. So until next week, goodbye. Bye. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs>